0: Welcome to the By Every Word Bible Study Podcast, where once a week we take some time to look at God's Word, examine it, and apply it to our daily walk with Him. May you please have your Bibles ready as we begin our study now. Welcome back to the By Every Word Bible Study Podcast. Thankful for you joining us today as we continue our study on God's plan of salvation, and even further we're continuing our study about baptism. As we continue our study, we'll take this week to stop and to view a few questions I have heard presented in the past in my life regarding baptism and how baptism relates to salvation. The first question I want to view regards the thief on the cross. Many claim that the thief on the cross is saved without baptism in the scripture. And to be fair, that is true. However, the question arises whenever a person asks, if the thief on the cross did not have to be baptized, why is baptism essential today? To begin this question and answering process, we'll first view this story in the Gospel of account. Luke chapter 22 verses 39 through 43 tells us the following. One of the criminals who were hanged there was hurling abuse at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other answered and rebuking him said, Do you not even fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed are suffering justly, for we are receiving what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he was saying, Jesus, remember me when you come in your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly I say to you, today you shall be with me in paradise. So far in our study, we have said over and over again how the Bible and the Bible alone should be our source of information and what we base our beliefs upon. That includes this section of scripture. Simply put, we do not know much at all about the thief on the cross prior to his crucifixion beside Jesus. We do know that the thief knew he was in the wrong, for we see that he admitted they are suffering justly. In fact, he rebukes the other person being crucified with both him and Jesus. And he knows that Jesus did nothing wrong and did not deserve to be there with them on the cross. Additionally, we are not sure the thief's faith, his faith in God, his faith in Jesus, prior to his thievery and now the situation is on the cross. All we know about the thief is what's taking place in these verses. Was he atheistic? Was he more agnostic thinking? Was he Jewish? Was he a Gentile? We do not have the authority or the knowledge to expound upon these ideas because the Bible is silent in regards to those situations and that person's faith. Had he even heard the preaching of John the Baptist? Had he heard Jesus before preaching or talking or doing miracles and works? Simply put, we do not know. Thankfully. None of that matters. Yes, without a doubt, the thief was in paradise with Jesus after his crucifixion. Yes, without a doubt, he was saved by Jesus Christ in these verses. However, the thief on the cross is one instance in the word of God. This is a once in a history of the world instance where Jesus was being crucified and during his crucifixion, a person was saved by Jesus. Today, we do not have the opportunity to be crucified like the thief was beside Jesus. So, our salvation being given by God through those qualifications cannot happen. However, we do have the opportunity to receive the same gift of salvation through baptism. Also, we understand that this story takes place prior to Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. If Romans chapter 6 shows us that we die with Christ in our baptism, we are buried with Him, and we are resurrected out of the water with Him today, then how can baptism be how a Christian is saved before Jesus even dies on the cross? Baptism for repentance was still being taught at this time, or John's baptism as we see later in the New Testament. And as we studied, baptism for salvation was not offered until Acts chapter 2 On the day of Pentecost after Jesus had been resurrected and ascended to heaven. Well then how is it possible that Jesus is able to save the thief at this time? Matthew chapter nine, verse six tells us But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. The thief was saved by Jesus Christ. And today we are saved by Jesus Christ through Baptism. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 tells us, And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Salvation has always been from one source, Jesus Christ. With all this being said, when we view the situation with the thief on the cross, we understand the uniqueness of it. While at the same time seeing the similarities to our salvation today, we are all saved by Jesus Christ. Praise be to God, that is the truth. Whether it be us today or the thief on the cross, our salvation comes from the Son of God. However, as we have studied in past lessons, we see and we realize that God grants us salvation through His Son, Jesus. Jesus is the source of all salvation, of our salvation, and baptism is our burial with Him and resurrection that we get to have through Him. So we understand here that this is a unique situation. However, we also understand that we are so very thankful that salvation does come from Jesus Christ. Another common question regarding baptism is this. Is baptism a work? In a modern religious society, we have given a lot of emphasis to the word work. What is the idea behind work? Is work good or is work inherently wrong and incorrect? When you study the word work, it is neutral in its meaning. And by that, we are saying that the word work alone does not dictate whether what is being done is good Or what is being done is bad. However, it does let the reader know that something is taking place and something is happening. We are not born with a biblical faith. Faith is not passed down from parent to offspring, from grandparents, so forth. It is not in our bloodline or our lineage. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 tells us, And without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. We are commanded to have faith today, and as we have read and studied in the past, our faith comes after hearing the word of God, and that belief, that part of God's plan of salvation. Now, in the context of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, let us read John chapter 6, verses 27 through 28 together. The Bible says, Then they said to him, What shall we do, that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. We see here that faith, by definition, is a work. It is not a work in the sense that it is a physical work like we would have to have much like an occupation, nor is it a work that is focused on what we are as people. Rather, it is a work in regards to our faith, the growing of it, and the fact that it must be a work in the sense that we are God's workmanship. It is a work that manifests in us and builds desire to do the work of God that we see. In the Bible, faith is justified through God's will and through us doing God's will. James chapter two verses seventeen through eighteen tells us the following: Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. But someone may well say, "You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without the works, and I will show you my faith by my works." It even goes on to justify how faith is a work and not just the act of believing in something in verses 19 through 22 of the same chapter. There the Bible says, You believe that God is one, you do well. The demons also believe and shudder. But are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac his son on the altar? You see that faith was working with his works, and as a result of the works, faith was perfected. Belief alone is not sufficient. And we talked about that the week we discussed belief in context of God's plan of salvation. The demons believe, and we even see that the demons believe so much that they shudder, that they fear God and his power. Faith is not enough. There the Bible says As a result of the works, faith was perfected. We show others our faith by our works. Continuing on in verses 24-26, through the Bible says, You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. In the same way was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For just as the body without the Spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. So we see there a parallel even being drawn between the body of Christ and the Spirit to faith without works. We, being the body of Christ, New Testament Christians, our faith without works is dead. We understand, though, that when we use the phrase work or works, we are not focusing on the individual and what the individual can do for God. Rather, we are discussing what God does for and through the individual. We are able to work, for we are equipped with the knowledge of Scripture from God. And we understand that, as Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 tells us, we are God's workmanship. Salvation itself is considered the working of God in Colossians 2, verse 12. There the Bible says, Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised up with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. We're raised up with him through faith in the working of God. And the idea behind works being considered Wrong or incorrect in modern religion goes back to Martin Luther. During his time, he taught salvation by faith only. And to this day, many people hold on to this thought that he had. Salvation by faith only meaning that an all-powerful God and the blood of Jesus do not need mortal works. And to be fair, that is true. God in His infinite power can choose any way He desired for us to receive the blessed gift of salvation. God in the blood of Jesus do not need us. However, He chose baptism. That was His choice. Baptism is not about what we do. Rather, it is about the work that God does through using the blood of His Son, Jesus, that He shed on the cross. And with that blood, being able to cleanse us as white as snow. In some minds, the fear of not doing what they consider a work has overshadowed their faith. How can we teach salvation by faith alone and not have faith in the Bible in regards to salvation? In summary, we understand that the word work is not a word to be afraid of. In fact, it is a word of justification of our faith. It is a word that promotes our faith, and our faith is promoted through it. We understand that we are workers for the Lord. And baptism is not a work in the sense that we do anything to gain our salvation. We cannot earn our salvation through actions. Rather, It is us working as God's workmanship through his work of salvation in our lives. Another question some people have about baptism is, if baptism forgives us of our sins, then do we have to continue to be baptized to have our sins forgiven after the first time we're baptized as New Testament Christians? Now this is a separate question from if I should be rebaptized, which we will not be visiting this week. This is just saying, do I have to be baptized every single time I sin? And thankfully, the answer to that question is no. Going back to our discussion on baptism, we looked at various verses and we saw in the Bible that after baptism, we enter into a newness of life as we see in Romans chapter 6. And this newness of life is with Jesus and through Jesus. In this newness of life, we are able to be forgiven and this forgiveness is still very important to our Christian walk. 1 John chapter 1 verse 9 tells us, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We repent prior to baptism as we saw in Acts chapter 2. And we also understand that we are not to continue so grace may abound as we saw in Romans chapter 6. We understand that our baptism brings us into a newness of life. Another question I have her presented, what about those who are medically unable to be baptized? Those who die on the way to be baptized or in another situation where physically, rather it be location, situation, etc. Whatever it may be, that person is not able to be immersed in water in a New Testament baptism. And when it comes to these people and these questions, we have to understand There is a danger when discussing hypothetical questions in regards to the Bible and salvation through the gospel of Christ. There comes a time when we go outside the parameters of the scriptures whenever we can use our earthly wisdom, as foolish as it is, to create what-if scenarios in regards to baptism and salvation. And when it comes to these hypothetical or what-if situations, there comes a time when we still have faith in God to do what He knows is best. We do not have an example for every single individual situation that might arise. But these scenarios at the end of the day are not likely or probable. Whenever we take it upon ourselves to ask and answer these hypothetical scenarios, then we are at danger of putting our earthly knowledge and wisdom above the heavenly truth of the gospel. We can even unwittingly go against the scriptures in some regards by doing this. We do not base our faith in God off of man-made what-if questions and situations. So instead of us looking at what-ifs, let us look at what does the Bible say? Go back to the Ethiopian eunuch that we studied a few lessons ago. So the eunuch was in a a horse-drawn buggy being taught the gospel from Philip. What did the eunuch ask Philip after hearing the truth when they came to water? Acts chapter 8 verse 36 tells us what he said. There the Bible says, As they went along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, Look, water, what prevents me from being baptized? What about the jailer who was baptized in Acts chapter 16? The Bible tells us of both Paul and Silas singing these songs and praising God, even in prison. And then a big earthquake comes and unleashes the chains and opens the doors for the people. The jailer, in fear that they had escaped, was about to take his own life. However, he has stopped. Nobody had escaped. Then Paul and Silas use this opportunity given to them by God to tell not only the jailer, but the jailer's whole family the good news of Jesus. We see this in Acts chapter 16, verse 33, where the Bible says, And he took them that very hour of the night and washed their wounds, and immediately he was baptized, he and all his household. We as New Testament scholars cannot base our faith in God on unknowns or what ifs. Rather, we found our faith in the promises of the gospel. We look at the examples God has given us, and we understand that after we hear the word of God, we believe it, we repent, we confess, and we should be baptized. Whether it be not, whether it be after a sermon in a worship service, or whether it be on a road going somewhere, when there is water, we do not hesitate. We are to be baptized. Do not focus on the what ifs. Focus on what the Bible says. We do not lose our faith in man-made hypotheticals. Rather, we keep our faith firm in our unwavering foundation in our faith to Jesus Christ. And I know there's many more questions that could be asked, and potentially in the future, Lord willing, we'll take some time to return to this topic. But we'll continue our study on the plan of salvation by discussing what happens after a Christian is baptized, and that will be the next time we have opportunity to have a study together. I hope that this lesson has found you and yours well. And if you ever have questions, you can always email me those questions at beachhillyouth at gmail.com. as B-E-E-C-H, hillyouth at gmail.com, and I'll be glad to assist you. Also, if you have Facebook, by Every Word. us just have a Facebook page now, so please check that out and give it a like to stay up to date on the newest updates or episodes or what have you regarding By Every Word. And lastly, if you're watching us on YouTube, we're also available on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcast as well. May God bless you. May God bless your family. And how fortunate are we to know that God loves us so very much. Have a great week. And as always, may we strive to live each day by every word.